Well, after a successful homestand, the Pirates look to continue their fortunes on the road tonight as for the first time this season, they will clash with the Chicago Cubs in an NL Central rivalry. Cubs have been hit or miss throughout the season. Pirates, well, there are four games above 500, so that's all you need to know, and they're still in first place in the NL Central. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to your Morning Bucket Joe for Tuesday, June 13th, 2023. I'm Jake with Talk the Plank here on the Fan First Sports Network, prepping you for yet another busy day in Pittsburgh sports, but... It's a bittersweet one, and before we talk about the Pirates, um, just want to take a brief moment and send our thoughts and prayers out to the family of Pittsburgh sports media legend Stan Saverin, who passed away Monday night at the age of 76. Uh, he was diagnosed with lung cancer in January of last year and died at his home in Upper St. Clair. There's no official cause of death that was released, but some can speculate it was a result of, of the lung cancer. But uh, one thing is for certain, no matter how you feel about Pittsburgh sports, you always loved the show. Stan Saverin was amazing, and I, I I couldn't do it justice by explaining to you the impact that he had on Pittsburgh sports media. I mean, you there's so many tributes on social media right now from fans, from former sports athlete, or from former athletes in the Pittsburgh scene, and his broadcasting colleagues, whether they went from athlete to commentator to analyst, you name it. And even just like other local media outlets, not even sports related, there are a lot of people out there that are just pouring their hearts and remembering Stan as one of the best. And, you know, I, I grew up w- watching Stan on Sportsbeat, listening to him on the Steelers post game with Charlie Batch. And, you know, one of the things that always stuck out to me is he told it the way it is. He didn't sugarcoat anything. He did not, you know, he didn't try to t- t- tap dance around his words per se you know if he had a point he was going to make it but he was also going to put it in a, in a in an informational way to where he wasn't just sandbagging the entire time he was honest he was one of the best and he will be truly missed i mean i, I don't know what else i can say that probably would be an understatement i mean like i said go around social media you'll find plenty of tributes i know my colleague on talk the plank nathan hirsch he put out one as well austin beck told one of our staff writers from bucks dugout put one as well uh, but there are just there's just an ocean of tributes to stand the man um, so i think it goes without saying that we will always love the show but wanted to dedicate a portion of this morning bucket joe to the legend himself stan savern uh, there will be no one else like him he was just phenomenal not just at his job but just as a person as well, he's very kind. Um, I wouldn't, I never met him personally, but just from reading the tributes and just hearing his interaction with fans on the Steelers post game show, uh, one thing is for certain, no matter what you, what point you made when you called in, no matter how animated as a fan you were, Stan was always willing to listen to you, always willing to have an intelligent conversation. So rest easy, Stan always loved the show and, uh, we will surely miss you. And again, it's, it's going to be hard replacing Stan Savern. With that said, let's get into the series. Uh, Pirates had an off day on Monday, and they will now open a three-game midweek series with the Chicago Cubs. Three straight games at Wrigley Field, all of which start at 8.05. Uh, there's rumors speculating that tomorrow, Wednesday's game, will be started by Osvaldo Bito. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but first let's talk about tonight's game. Luis Ortiz, he's 1-2 and two with a 4.23 ERA going against former Pirate Jamison Tyon, 1-4, and 4, 7.02 ERA, a little bit of a trap game, if you will. Um, I mean, the Cubs, 28 and 37 this season. Take a look at the standings. They are pretty much near the bottom. They're second to last in the NL Central, just a couple games in front of the St. Louis Cardinals. 
Uh, they lost their most recent game, and we'll take a look at their most recent schedule as well. Sort of give you an overview on how they've done recently. Uh, let's start with their most recent game, losing 13-3 to to the San Francisco Giants in the getaway game. But they started that series with two straight wins, 3-2 to and 4 to nothing. They got swept by the Angels last week, and then they split a four-game series with the San Diego Padres, and then they took a series against the Tampa Bay Rays, two games to one with uh, against the Rays, that is. That was at Wrigley Field. Um, I, I don't really think that, you know, it's not like the Cubs are that great of a team. Obviously, I think a little bit of home field advantage helps everybody here and there. But um, in a way, up and down their roster, they could be compared to the Pirates. I mean, they don't have any prolific hitters. A lot of subpar OPSs, which stand out to me. Um, at least the Pirates have a, a couple guys who have posted an OPS of 800 or above. For the Cubs, they only have one guy above an 800 OPS, and that's Christopher Morell at 956. We looked at average 258. So I, I think it's a little misleading there. Um, one thing that I notice, the Cubs, when you get them into their bullpen, that's when they really start to struggle. Um, so, again, it's kind of like a copy-and-paste matchup from the Pirates series against the New York Mets. Ran into a little bit of trouble against starting pitching, but once they got into the bullpen, uh, it was pretty much smooth sailing from there. Um, so we're going to try to take a look here at Jamison Tyon's last outing. It was against the Chicago or the Los Angeles Angels. That was the game when uh, Ben Joyce, the collegiate standout, sort of just overtook everybody. Um, Tyon in that game went five and a third innings, surrendered five hits, four runs, all of them earned, four walks, did strike out five, but let up two homers as well, and that put his ERA above seven for the season. Um, as Pirates fans, we all know that Tyon was very hit or miss. I mean, I thought he was much, much better when he was with the Pirates, but um, ever since leaving, it seems like he's struggled here and there. Um, so, I mean, I don't really know what to think about Tyon. We all know what he brings to the table. Uh, very basic four pitch set. Um, I think it really all just comes down to if he's feeling it or not. And, and if the pirates hitters are patient or if they're going up there swinging at everything and they kind of turn out a performance like we've seen in recent games where, you know, they get in, they get in over their heads. They think they're trying to do too much and then they end up losing. Um, one thing I will say, and it's kind of odd because I'm normally never high on him, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking Jack Sawinski is going to have himself a big series. Uh, we saw last year he did really well at Chicago or at Wrigley Field, especially that home run on the, uh, I think it was YouTube TV game. He had that nice home run in front of his family. It was just really nice to see. Um, I think he's going to have a really good series, maybe not defensively, but I think at the plate he'll be fine. Um, I'm also going to say that, and I believe Key Brian Hayes is going to stay hot at the plate consistently. I mean, he's been sort of reverting back to his original style of hitting, which is driving contact, you know, not trying to muscle up on a ball too much. He's gotten a lot of results. And I mean, a lot of a lot of this ideology for me stems from his five for five performance against the Mets. I know he kind of went cold the next day, but I mean, hey, I think it was just one of those days where, you know, had to cool down a little bit. Um, but coming into the series fresh off an off day, I, I expect him to just continue to do better at the plate. Um I'd be I'd be shocked if he didn't. And honestly, I'm kind of expecting a big series from Brian Reynolds. He has been not terrible lately, but he has not been what he should be. And he's due. And I feel like he's going to start splurging here in the divisional rounds, the divisional rounds in the uh, series where we play division opponents because he knows what's on the table. He knows the Pirates are in a good place. And I think like the, the veteran leadership that really helps factor into this team like Kutch Santana they're going to just come together combine their minds and I think Reynolds is going to be a big benefactor of it um talking about the rest of the series um Thursday's game still be determined with uh, starter wise 
But rumors are Osvaldo Beto will be called up and will start Wednesday's second game. Um, this is weird. And I wrote about it on Bucks Dugout. Go check it out. BucksDugout.com. Um, I was high on Beto in spring training, as I was a lot of people. And learning now, spring training stats don't really matter. It took me this long to realize I understand that. But, I mean, it's, it's, one of the, it's, it's this way, the way I see it. You're rewarding a guy who has worked tirelessly to get to where he is today, and the Pirates have done that all season long. We saw that, well, kind of last year, too, with guys like Cam Aldred, Cam View, uh, those types of guys. This year with Drew Maggi, and now we're seeing Osvaldo Beto get a chance. I mean, Beto is not terrible by any stretch. You watch some of the videos of his uh, outings with Indy. He's got a great... Uh, great drop on his pitch on his off-speed pitches, fools batters here and there. He's got a pretty high-powered fastball, which he showcased in spring training a couple of times. So the stuff is there. It's just whether or not hitters get accustomed to it pretty easily. Now, I will say this. If it is true and he's going to start Wednesday, don't be fooled if he has a really good performance. We've seen it how many times when a guy comes up and pitches in his debut, he looks absolutely unhittable. Okay, and I always think back to our old friend Nick Kingham. He came up, he came up through a couple perfect innings and then got shelled the rest of his career. Now, one could blame the fact that he was tossed back and forth between the minors was a factor in it, but hitters picked him apart after his first outing. So I'm going to have a short, not really a short leash on Beto, but I'm also not going to completely buy into him if he has a really good uh, first outing. All right, he might go three innings because he has worked as a reliever, so... I don't think he's stretched out to go five, six innings. If he is great, and if he does great, then that's great as well. How many times can I say great in a sentence? But be forewarned, don't buy into it if Beto goes out, fires great baseball because it's only one outing, it's a short sample size, not much tape available on him aside from what he did in the minors. I'm rooting for him in the same breath, but I'm also not going to be like, oh, he's the next big thing, he's not. He's the next breakout star, because how many times have we seen it? So put it to you this way. And I know there are a lot of people out there that want Quinn Priester to be the one that was called up and get a look. I get that. I really do. And I sympathize with you because I think that Quinn Priester could be a really good MLB pitcher. However, he still has some things to work out. And if they want to keep him around long-term, that they got to make sure that they fine-tune these. As Valdo Beto isn't really a part of the long-term picture. So they're going to try to bring him up and use him any way he can. And if they can, great. If not, then maybe he'll be trade bait to some team who really wants to give him a shot. Um, it's a temporary fix. You know, it's a long-term problem, but a temporary fix until Priester is ready to come up and fire some big league innings. Or, unless Ben Charrington wants to bring in some starting pitching through the trade system, which he could, but I, I don't see the reason to get all worked up over Osvaldo Beto. In fact, have confidence in him, because whenever he sees the negative reaction, like, Fans saying, oh, I wish it was Priester, not him. Then he's probably going to get in his own head. I mean, he's probably cool, calm, and collected. But, I mean, you got to think that's going to weigh on somebody at some point. So give him the opportunity, okay? Let him succeed or fail on his own. He's earned this, okay? But, again, be cautious. If he has one great outing, don't fall into the trap. 
805 first pitch from Wrigley Field tonight. Luis Ortiz versus Jamison Tyon should be a good game. Let's see if the Bucks can keep it rolling and stay in first place and just bury the Cubs farther down in the NL Central. Should be a good one. That'll be it for this morning's Buck of Joe here on the Fan First Sports Network. I'm Jake. Follow me at underscore radio Jake. Follow us at Talk the Plank Pod on Twitter. Follow Bucks Dugout at Bucks Dugout. And follow Fans First Sports Network at Fans First SN. And we'll see you tomorrow with another morning Buck of Joe, hopefully talking about a Pirates win.